All right, welcome to again to the launch of CityWell. And my name's DJ Grick. We're so glad you're here with us this morning. And uh, we're not without technical difficulties, but you know what? We're gonna go forward and keep learning and keep growing. And thank you so much for your grace this morning as uh, we work to figure out new technology in a brand new world. But let me tell you a story that's not new. Uh, at least, didn't just happen. When I was a teenager, my brothers and I, along with my dad, we were putting a new roof on an old house way up above the second story. It was one of those two-story plus the attic that you can live in houses. And uh, we had just finished ripping off all the shingles when one of those pop-up summer thunderstorms came out of nowhere and we're just starting to lay down the tar paper and my dad starts like, get it down, get it down. We gotta get this roof under cover quick. So I'm basically running backwards with a roll of tar paper as one of my brothers is following with a staple gun, uh, stapling it in as quickly as possible. And out of nowhere, my dad starts screaming, stop, stop. And he's screaming it. And I'm like, who is he screaming at? So I did what you would do. You stop and then I look and I go, he's screaming at me. Why is he screaming at me? And I'm confused because I'm doing what he told me to do. Right? And as I'm standing there processing the world, I go to stick my back foot down behind me. And I realize there's no roof there. I can't, I can't put my foot down. Actually, the other foot that was holding the weight was standing right on the edge of the roof. One more step would have changed everything for my life. Sometimes that's true. A lot of times that's true. One wrong step can wreak havoc on our lives and destroy plans and goals we have. But I believe the opposite is also true. That if you take one right step, it can have huge benefits and huge blessings in your life. That one right step can have a huge impact. So over this week and the next four weeks, we're going to be in a series called One Step. And we're, every week, we're going to give you one step that I, I really believe if you take every one of these steps, it's going to have a huge impact on your life. If you take any one, it's going to impact your life for the better. But if you take all four, you'll be amazed at how much it changes your life. So let's look at scripture. And today we're going to look at Joshua chapter three. And if you're not familiar with where we're at kind of in the timeline of history of the Bible here. Moses already went to Pharaoh, let my people go. And he did all of that. And he sung it, right? Uh, but then he didn't actually sing it. If you don't know, I was joking. Uh, it's a kid's, or not, it's not just a kid's song, but my kids sing it. Uh, so Pharaoh does that or Moses gets them free uh, through the power of God. They, the Red Sea parts, they go out, they, they wander, they make it to the edge of Israel. They're about to enter the promised land when, when their doubt and sin prevented them for enter, from entering the promised land. So they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And now that 40 years is coming to a close. Moses has just passed. Joshua's the new leader of Israel. And they are again at the edge of the promised land right at the edge of the Jordan River, and they just need to cross the Jordan. And they are in the land God promised them. And that's where we're picking up today in Joshua chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 14. It says, Then the people broke camp to cross the Jordan. The priest carried the Ark of the Covenant, went 
ahead of them. Real quick, the Ark of the Covenant, you need to understand, represented God's physical presence here on earth. So the priests are carrying God with them as they go down to the Jordan River to cross that to enter the Promised Land. Verse 15 says, Now the Jordan was at flood stage during harvest. We're going to pause there in the verse just for a second because this is the oh snap moment. This is like, uh-oh, I just realized that Hans is the villain in Frozen because up until this, we're just crossing the Jordan. It's 100 foot wide, 5 to 10 foot deep. The biggest issue is the current, which is going like 5 to 6 miles an hour on a typical day. It, it's somewhat doable. By human standards, it's somewhat doable. But that's not what's true right now. They're trying to cross the Jordan in flood stage. Now, conservative estimates would say it's double its normal width, but some experts actually believe it could have been up to one mile wide as they're standing at the edge of this river looking, going, can we cross this? Are we going to cross this? And let me just pause and kind of preach for a minute. How often is it that God waits until things look completely impossible before he moves, right? He so often does. He waits until people hit rock bottom and everybody has given up on him, and then he trans radically transforms lives. We've seen it time and time. Again, he waits till a world pandemic to call us to plant Citywell Church. He waited until the flood stage of the Jordan to tell Israel, now is the time you're going to cross. And verse 15 continues, yet as soon. Now, if you're watching right now, I want you to jump into the comments and type the word as soon. God, God often works as soon. Actually, every time you take a step of faith, I believe as soon as you do, he is there alongside of you. Put as soon into the comments right now. Yet as soon as the priests who, who were carrying the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in heaps a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water stopped flowing down, or while the water flowing down to the Sea of Araba, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off, so the people crossed opposite Jericho. As soon, as soon as their feet touched the water's edge, God started the miracle. He stopped the water flowing 16 miles up stream 16 miles why would he do that he did it so that the people could see the miracle as far as their eyes could see he was moving and working and israel crossed on dry ground verse 17 continues it says the priest who carried the ark of the covenant of the lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the jordan while all israel crossed by uh, until the whole nation had completely crossed on dry ground I believe today God is saying step into the promise. Step into the promise. God waited for Israel to take that step of faith for him to clear the path for them into the promised land. Israel had to get up. They had to break camp. They had to get ready. They had to take the physical representation of God here on earth and march 12 guys down with poles into a raging flood. That was nothing short of an act of faith and an act of obedience for them. But God is faithful because God is always faithful. And as soon as they took that step of faith, he was there. And that, that flood went to a trickle, which went to dry ground, and all of Israel crossed on dry ground. From human perspective, it made absolutely no sense to walk into a raging river. But God showed up, and it made total sense. He stopped that river so that they could walk 
into the promise. I believe today God is calling some of you to step into his promise for you also. And you say, well, what is his promise for me? I believe it's best summarized in John 10, 10. And the verse starts out by saying the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the second half says, but I came, and this is Jesus speaking, I came that you may have life and life abundantly, or life and life to the fullest. Jesus knew that you probably, a lot of people, a lot of us, have experienced that thief coming and killing our dreams, killing our hopes, killing our future, stealing from us our integrity, destroying the things around us. And Jesus said, no, but that's not my purpose. My purpose is to give you life and life abundantly. That's the promise we want to talk about and help you walk in. Does that describe you, your life? Are you living life and life to the fullest? Or do you resonate more with the Israelites? Maybe not in this day as they're crossing the Jordan on dry ground, maybe 40 years before that, where they knew their failures and their mistakes had kept them from entering the promised land and they're going to be wandering for a, while, for a while. Maybe that's how you feel. You've been wandering for a while. You knew God, you knew his promises, but something distracted you and pulled you away. Or maybe you have almost no experience with God and with Jesus. And you've just spent your life going from thing to thing to thing, trying to find fulfillment and realizing nothing was working. If you've never put your faith in Jesus today, we want to give you that opportunity. But first, I want to make sure you know what you're getting into. I want to make sure you understand the promise. And you need to understand that this promise that God offers us, it wasn't, it didn't, actually, for Israel, start with entering the promised land. He, he gave the promise long before that. He gave it to Abraham. Abraham, clear back in Genesis 15, the very first book of the Bible, Genesis 15, God said, and he believed. That's, that's Abraham believed in the Lord, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Abraham believed. He had faith. He trusted in God with his life, and that was his righteousness. That was the thing that caused him to have a right relationship with God, was that step of faith. Paul, looking back on the situation in Romans chapter 4, says the word it was credited to him was written not for him alone, but also for us. If, you're, if you can, type for us in the comments right now. Those words are written for us, for us. He believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. That is for us. To whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. It is for us. If you believe in Jesus, you are righteous before God. And you go, no, 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 not me, not me. I've made too many mistakes. I've done too much wrong. I've messed up too much. And scripture knew you were going to say that. Scripture knew you were going to have that attitude. It, it continues in Romans 4, 25. It says, he, this is Jesus, was delivered over to death for our sins and raised to life for our justification. He was. Jesus died specifically because you were too bad and because I was too bad. We were too bad to have a right relationship with God. God knew the river that was separating us between him was flooding too great for us ever to be able to get across that. And so, so the offer God has for us is take that step of faith. Put our foot into the river saying, I'm going to trust you do the rest. And God will dry it so you can cross on dry ground and have a right relationship with him. It says we will be justified. What does that mean? My working definition is just as if I never 
sin. So in a few moments, we're going to give you the opportunity to put your faith in Jesus. But first, I want to make sure you understand something. See, Israel entered the promised land, but it didn't mean they would be problem-free. It didn't mean they would be trouble-free. It actually says in Joshua 3 that they crossed opposite Jericho. Well, what is Jericho? Jericho was the most fortified city around. It was huge barrier, and they crossed opposite. That was the next thing they were going to have to get through if they wanted to live in the promised land. And you may say, well, I could give my life to Christ, but I still have all these barriers in the way of living for him. And I believe God can help you break down those barriers. Jesus didn't promise us a perfect life here on earth. He says in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. How many people want some peace right now? Like we're, I think we're all feeling a little stressed out during the political turmoil, the, uh, all of the different turmoils going on in the world right now. We all want some peace. But Jesus continued, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. If we kept reading in Joshua, chap- Joshua the book, you'd see that Israel, they, did, they crossed opposite Jericho. They, they went up to that city. They did some marching around it. Actually, lots of marching around it. Then they did some shouting and clear, cheering, and the walls came crumbling down, and they were able to have victory there. And they, they went on to have some great, amazing victories for God. And they went on to make some huge failures and mistakes and things that they learned from. But God was with them as they went through all that. Now, a few weeks ago, I had the honor of going to see somebody from our launch team. Her name is Sarah, get baptized at her parents' church, and she shared her story. And she had come to Christ at a young age. She knew the promises of God. But when she was a teenager, her dad got cancer. And she was struggling with it and really questioning it. And like, God, why would you let this happen? Then her grandfather passed away and she was close to him. And just life situations piled on until she started getting angry with God and turning to find fulfillment in other places. Eventually, she she had turned to drugs. And Sarah tried stopping. She thought she could and she, she tried and failed. She went to rehab and left early. She went to rehab again finished out the program, but it didn't last long. And she just assumed, this is my life. This is how it's going to end. And then God stepped in powerfully to remind her that he had never left her. I want you to hear that story, the end of it, from Sarah. On December 31st, 2017, I heard once again from God. It was New Year's Eve, and I was at a party where everyone was celebrating the new year. I was feeling very sick, so I was in the bathroom when this sudden wave of depression and sadness came over me. I looked in the mirror with tears in my eyes. I didn't even recognize the person looking back at me. That's when I heard a voice clear as day say, Sarah, this is not where you should be. I love you, and I have never left you. I started to think back on my life. There were situations where I should have been dead or in jail, but something or someone had spared me. After I heard God tell me he had never left my side, everything came together in my head. God had other plans for me. He was looking out for me all these years that I kept pushing him away and running from him. And I believe that the strong faith of my parents had a lot to do with that. 
I know they prayed for me nonstop and had a lot of you here at MCC praying for me as well. And because of that, the Holy Spirit did not leave me alone. It was that New Year's that I was on my knees and had nowhere to look but up. I knew I could not handle my life on my own. That much was obvious. Look where I was. I needed God. The next morning, my aunt picked me up and agreed to let me stay with her for a while until I got back on my feet. I started praying and doing devotions every morning. I wanted a relationship with God, and I knew I could not live without him. The more I walked with him, the more peace and joy I felt. I found a job that I loved. I got my car back. I moved into my own apartment. My relationship with my parents was restored, and they saw a complete change in me. I was no longer that selfish, hopeless, angry, depressed girl, but instead filled with hope, joy, and a love for others. In July of 2019, God gave me a gift of an amazing man. A man I could trust and a man who put God first. I remember calling my parents after our first date and telling them, God had sent me the man I'm going to spend my life with. Six months later, we're engaged. <laughs> I have never been happier. God has given me a second chance at life, and he's certainly not finished with me yet. I'm so excited to see what God has planned, and I strive each day to do his will and use my troubled past for his glory. Because of God, my dad is cancer-free. And because of God, I am sober. And because of God, I am redeemed. Thank you. All right, what you can't see right now in the video is her dad is running to the front to give her a huge hug. And it's such a beautiful image of what we see in Scripture, of what God does when people come back to a relationship with him. Did you hear Sarah say that she had God speak to her and say, God, I never left you? It's like, it's like, Matthias, I never left you. Eric, I'm still with you. Diane, I want to take you into the promise. Mary, I've overcome the world. I love her dad running up in the image. It reminds me of the story of the prodigal son who had wandered and made all kinds of mistakes. And when he came back to his dad, his dad came charging for it. It's the gospel message. That's what God does. When you take that step into the river, you say, I'm going to take this one small step of faith towards you, God. He is there immediately for you. And I don't know if you caught it, but Sarah went all in. She said, I'm going to do whatever I can to use my experiences in my life now to glorify God. Israel went all in. They, they went, they broke camp, they did everything to cross the Jordan and put their trust in God. Today, are you ready? Are you ready today to go all in? Maybe you've never had a relationship with Jesus before in your life, but you know something is drawing on your heart to pull you towards him. Let me tell you, he loves you. He wants a relationship with you. Scripture says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So right now, just in your heart, whisper to Jesus and just say, Jesus, I am all in. And that response is all that's necessary. That's the step of faith. God, when you said that, he is with you. You are justified. You are in a right standing with him. You are a child of God now. 
as you say that. If you, if you say, Jesus, I'm all in for the very first time today, I want you to let us know. Not, not it doesn't save you, it doesn't do anything like that. It just helps us celebrate and help connect with you. Text Jesus to that same number we just keep rambling off, 610-590-8550. Text Jesus to that number to let us know that you accepted him. Now, maybe some of you, you accepted Jesus before, but you're realizing I've been wandering in the wilderness for a while, and it's time to come back to the edge of the Jordan, put my foot in and say, I'm, I'm going to trust God and move forward in that. I want to I challenge you today. If that's you and that's where you're at, why don't you go all in with Citywell? For the next year, give us a try. 9-20-2020 to 9-20-2021, dive in and say, how can I help bring this church into reality and move it forward and let me see what God does in my life as I'm doing that, I promise. As we continue to build and form this church, you will grow and transform in your life also. So I want to challenge you to do that. If you're doing that, I want you to text all in to 610-590-8550 just to let me know about that, and we will connect with you. But let me pray right now for you. Jesus, we thank you for the different people watching. This morning, we pray for anyone who who didn't know you as their Savior, are still questioning whether or not to put their faith in you. We pray you do a mighty work in their hearts right now uh, to draw them to you or to help them know now that they made that step of faith that you, they are your child. You have accepted and forgiven them. For anybody who's been wandering, I pray that you seal in their hearts, that you still love them, you're with them, and you're going to help continue them walking in this world. They, they won't be trouble-free, but you have overcome the world, and we give you praise for that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.